are listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. To find out more information about this podcast or for future episodes, you can go to my Instagram and my Twitter, Aubrey CD Speaks. And be sure to subscribe, like, comment, and review. Thank you so much. Be blessed. Hello again. Thank you for listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. This episode will not be as long as the last episode. I can guarantee it. Um, mainly because I have two specific topics to share with you today instead of my last episode where I was all over the place. And even though I was talking about one specific topic, it was like, <laughs> it was all over. So, um, I want to, I want to share with you something that's, you know, it's very, it's very deep in my heart. And, uh, quite honestly, it has to do with this whole coronavirus issue. It has to do with the fact that, um, I just got out of 40 days of the Holy Spirit at my church, um, where we met, uh, for 40 days consecutively, um, and we just, uh, we met at church and let Holy Spirit do what he wanted to do, um, and let him, I mean, we yielded ourselves to him and we were open to him to reveal to us, refine us, consume us, anything and everything he wanted to do, we just let him do and let him have his way and gave God the glory in all of it. And, um, the 39th day, all of it was good, but the 39th day, there were specific things I was just completely undone about. But day 40 left me, I was just ruined. Um, it just ruined me for, for life. It ruined me for, um, anything but him. I, I, I left... I left that night completely, completely in a place of, I, I know who I am, I know who he is, and I have to have more. Now, this is the fifth season that we've done of 40 Days. Okay, and each and every season has been absolutely amazing, has really taught me something, has um, opened my eyes to so much. Um, And um, honestly, there are some of them, you know, it was for healing. And uh, some of them were were for, um, it was for, um, honestly, a sifting. Um, and having to answer the question of where I was going to be and who I was going to be and what I was going to submit to. And then there were others to, it was to teach me and to show me and reveal to me who I am in Christ and to remind me of my first love and to remind me of the things that he had said to me, prophetic words that he's given to me over the years, um, scriptures that he revealed to me to t- and telling me to stand on, um, in each and every season, 
has been that way. This season has been completely different than every other season. And, and I'm not the only one that has said that at my church. This season was completely different. This season, it wasn't something, we didn't have to fight anything. There was not a, a spiritual warfare in the matter of dealing with something in our church. We were coming into this season in unity. And I don't know if you know what that's like to go to church and, and there to be unity uh, in the body. Um, but um, hey, if you want to know, Deliverance Bible Church, 310 West Pipeline Road, Hearst, Texas, 76053. We are unified for more of God. We are unified for revival. We are unified for souls. We are preachers of the gospel. We are worshipers of God. We are completely consumed by his love, overtaken by his joy, um, consumed by his fire, undone by his presence. And, um, and, and we're, we just don't look back and we're, we're here we're here to bring in a harvest. We're here to worship him. We're here to abide with him. We're here to love on him. And we're here to bring a harvest. And that's just who we are. And so we are individually um, reaching for more, um, going further, going deeper, which causes the stir when we come together the stirring. And in this time of coronavirus, like I've put this up on Twitter before, because I, I wanted people to understand something. You know, this time of coronavirus, there were those when it all started, there were churches early on that decided to go ahead and close their doors and um, do things online, which kind of made it harder for other churches to continue doing because, um, other, you know, the counties, the, the, the authorities and the leaders of the counties and uh, governors of states were like, well, all these other churches were willing to close their doors, uh, but you're not willing to close your door. Well, then I'm going to make you close your doors. And um, it um, quite honestly is a violation of our, you know, constitutional right. And it's something that I talked about in my last episode. But it really brought in an awakening because suddenly there were laws against uh, the assembly of church. Suddenly there was no longer a separation between, between church and state. Suddenly the state tried to take over the church. And, um, and there was this huge awakening that happened in the midst of all of this. And so while we're in revival in this fifth season, there's this thing going on. And, and I, I can tell you for all of us, our pastor was like, don't come. You know, we're going to still have church, but, you know, you guys don't have to come. We all came, you know, because it's, it's a do or die situation. Um, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in this for the long haul. There's, there, there's been too much that has gone on in my life. There are too many things that I let go of, um, that I said goodbye to, that I decided I was no longer going to hold on to, um, for, for the cause of Christ. And 
And I, you know, I put my hand to the plow and I just, you know, went for it. And so I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm set for this. I'm ready for this. And there was suddenly this calm because I never, I never in my life thought um, that something like this would happen so quickly. And I understand that some of you don't think that, I mean, oh my goodness, this one, I think he was a, he's a pastor or evangelist or something. And he put up this thing that I have seen go viral and other social medias that people, people have put up where he said, the government hasn't asked you to sin. Don't make this a revolution. You know, churches, pastors, don't make this a revolution. Um, this is not persecution. When the government tells you that you cannot do something and you are a church body and what you're doing is actually not against the law, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not against the law. Um, that's a problem. And you have every right to say no to because you're an American citizen. Um, and, and I saw so many people saying, absolutely right. That's, that's right. This is, you know, nobody should be fighting this. No Christian, no real Christian is fighting this and blah, blah, blah. And if, if, if you say you're a Christian and you're fighting this, then you know, you're wrong and you're in sin and you need to repent. And I mean, literally there has been, you know, how very unchristian of you to be doing this and putting people in harm's way as if the coronavirus is located in the middle of every sanctuary. And, um, it really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. And I'm like, the United States of America is persecuting churches. Suddenly certain Governmental bodies that are against Christians, they're against Christianity, suddenly have, they think, the, the arm to stop churches, to stop the gospel, to stop the preaching of the gospel. Because there is even now, there have been churches that have received citations and their pastors that have been arrested and what they were doing was completely lawful. Like their people were sitting in their vehicles, windows up, and nobody was in contact with one another. But they happened to be in the church parking lot. And I know since then that that governor has, you know, removed all those citations, and they're not, you know, they're that that governor took care of it. But. The mayor that was over that is over them um, show their true colors, and there are other um, people in authority that have shown their true colors, and there's so many people that call themselves believers that have put out that 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 verse in Romans about um, submitting to the governmental authorities and 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 all that stuff, and they're like living by that. Okay, well, then where's the fine line? When suddenly they do close your church and they tell you, you can't go to church anymore. Not even just because of this coronavirus, but now it's there's a possibility, so we, we're not going to allow anybody to congregate anymore. Everything has to be online now, so you can't go to church anymore. Are you going to be okay with that?
let me inform you of something. Okay? Um, there were Christians in communist, you know, beginnings of communist Russia, beginnings of communist China, that were told that um, they need them to help the people, to support the people, show that they support the government by registering their churches. Um, and that's showing solidarity to, th to the people. And some pastors and ministries were blind enough to not see what was going on and registered their churches. And after that, those churches were asked to preach certain things to support the government. And those churches went cold and dead and they're ruled by the communist governments. And then the other ones that said, no, we will not be governed by you and we will not allow communism into our churches and protest this and had eyes to see what was going on at the time. They were persecuted, many of them imprisoned, killed, beaten, separated from their families, missing, they went missing. These, these, these men and women of God that we celebrate today, Richard Rombrand of Romania that we celebrate that started the Voice of the Martyrs, he was somebody that said, I will not allow this. You cannot take my rights from me. You cannot take my church from me. I will not do as you ask because I see what you're doing. You're trying to take over and I won't let that happen. What happened to him? These Chinese churches that said no? What, what happened? Okay. And these American churches that said no, we're going to continue to have services. We're going to do it within the rules, but we're going to continue. What happened to them? Where did those pastors go? What did the government authority do? When they said, we'll keep to some of the rules, you know, but um, we're still going to have church. What happened to them? Do you know some of them have been given trouble and they're doing things online and they're doing as they're told, but they're still being uh, um, harassed by the governmental authorities in their city? Do you know that that's going on? Have you had eyes to see? Or are you still saying that uh, those, those churches are, are um, rising up against the government? They're just conspiracy theorists. Wake up and smell the foul stench of removal of rights. The socialism and communism that's trying to eke their way into our governmental system. We as a church need to wake up because if you don't wake up, you won't continue to the end. What does the Bible say? He, Jesus even said that, that, that mother will be against daughter, daughter against mother, father against son, son against father. Brothers against brothers. 
tattling on one another, telling people that they're doing something wrong, turning their loved ones in, their friends in. What's, do you really know what's been going on? There are counties that have, I, I talked about this in my last episode. Wake up. Wake up. This is not the time to go to sleep. This is not the time to shrink back. This is the time to make sure you have oil in your lamp. For years, if you grew up in church, whether it was Baptist or Charismatic, or Pentecostal, I don't even know why I have to make that distinction. I just know sometimes I have to. What have they been telling us? What have the, the visiting evangelists even said? What are the visiting prophets? What have they said? They have been warning us. The 80s, especially the 90s. Telling us to prepare. Telling us to prepare for what's going to come down. To make sure we have oil in our lamp. To make sure we're awake. To make sure we're not asleep to make sure we're not dry bones, to be filled with the Spirit, to watch in sobriety, to watch and wait for the returning of the Lord. For time is running short and the end draws near. I heard this growing up. And I never took it seriously. I thought they were all crazy. And here I am, 37 years old. And this is happening in my lifetime. And now I am doing what they're do they had done before me and saying, wake up. Make sure there's oil in your lamp because you do not want to fall asleep. And the bridegroom come and there's no oil for you. Dry bones awaken, awaken, arise. See what's going on. If you were born again, use that spirit man to see what is going on. And there is nothing wrong with saying such things. There's nothing wrong with standing on truth. And if anyone comes to you and tells you, shame on you, you need to love one another. You need to love your church. You need to love each other and not criticize people like this and believers like this. You shake up that person and you say, no, now is definitely the time to do it. Because this isn't going to all go back to normal. There's no, there's no longer the past normal. There are certain reasons why this will no longer go back to normal. And if Trump is reelected, there might be some good times and some good moments, but we can't reelect him after that. Wake up. This is the time to, to wake yourself up, to stir up your spirit, man, to bring up that fire again, to take off that mask that you put on when you're with other Christians to show that you're holy and you're good and, and then you're a completely different person back home. Take off the mask and be who you are. And you know what? If you have problems, it's okay. If you have issues that need to be dealt with, it's okay to admit that. Let go of your pride because your pride can't go with you. With all this going on, your pride can't go with you. Your pride will make you a problem and an issue. Your pride will reveal 
who you really are. And you may have been in a place where you, I, I know there are people that have been in a place where revival has started. Holy Spirit is pouring out. And it's so very apparent that they have issues that they need to go to the Father to, but they won't let go. They're, they're too afraid to show everybody else that they have a problem. That they have matters that need to be dealt with. They're too afraid to fall on their face and, and, and deal with it. Because they don't want anybody to know that they, they happen to be broken. No, oh, when you're in revival and the Holy Spirit's moving, that's a perfect time to be broken. That's a perfect time to submit and to yield and be a mess on the floor and let God do a work in your life. I understand what, it, what it's like to wear the mask. I, under, I also understand what it's like to not even care anymore and to let go and to be crazy before God. And to let him mend things and heal things. And now I don't even care what I look like. <laughs> when I'm before him, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I sound like. I don't care if my voice is off key. I celebrate him. I worship him. I give him everything. And you can't be in that place of freedom with a mask on. My pastor said um, the other day, um, you know, that uh, if, they, if they make a mandate where they order you to wear a mask, he's not going to wear one because he took off that mask years ago and he's not putting another one on. And it's so very true. When you get before him and you submit yourself to him and you let go of everything, the mask comes off and it shows who you really are. But let me tell you, those who are filled with the Spirit, that have been in revival, they see your true colors anyway. You might as well let go. You might as well let go. I mean, there have been people that have left, like, for instance, people that have left my church. And it's, it's like, I see your true colors. But, you know, that's okay. You just go on. Go on, go do what you need to do. But you're not fooling anyone. Not, not at all. I see behind the mask. But when it comes to situations like this, the mask won't help you. That, that, that fake person that you're acting like won't help you. You need to get before God, and you need to let it all go, and you need to get free because that mask is a bond. That mask is bondage. That mask is a chain that you've allowed yourself to be fettered to. And so now all you're going to see are lies. And you think that they're, they're truth, but they're not. They're lies. You need to get back to your first love, back where there was a passion, and not let anyone persuade you otherwise or for anything. I don't care of their family. You don't let anyone persuade you to do or be anybody but who God told you to be and to be anywhere but where God told you to be. Not a person. Not one. Not one. And if they're going to continue to pressure you, that's where you go, look, you know what? I love you, but I'm going to love you over here because <laughs> you're wrong and what you're doing is wrong and what you're saying is wrong and it's not truth. And if you're not going to let this go, I'm going to let you go. 
but it's as simple as that. Because now is the time to decide how much you love Jesus and, and what you're willing to, to let go of for the cause of Christ and who you're let, willing to let go of for the cause of Christ because that person is not going to be with you when you're dead and you're standing before God. So why hold on to them here? And if they're so negative, why hold on to them here? And if they're trying to pressure you to do something or to leave, leave your church, good grief. Do they really love you? Do they really have your back? Do they really support you? Think about that. Because now is not a time to, to wonder and question and doubt. Now is a time to know who you are and know where you stand. This is not a time to attack those who continue to go to church and say, uh, oh, oh my gosh. And is saying, um, the building is not the church, we're the church. I understand that. I understand that the building is not the church and the building does not bring salvation and the building doesn't have Holy Spirit and, you know, like poured out. You go around with Holy Spirit everywhere. I, I get that. I get that. Because if the building was the church, then it would be insanely awesome. But um, I understand what, what you're saying. And, and you say it over and over again, I, I get you. But if you have never been with a body of Christ that lifts him up to the point that you can feel that the hosts of heaven are with you, praising God with you, along with you, and heaven is suddenly there on earth, you don't know what church is. If you've never been in a situation where all of you are praising God and suddenly there's these loud voices that are praising God as well and there are not as many people in that church for that type of volume to be going out, you've never experienced church. If you've never been in a situation where... You're, the body of Christ was unified, where there's no cliques, there's no I like you, but I don't like you, but we are all in this together and we understand what that means. And so the spirit of God is there because we're united in love and, and we love to unite because of that. You've never been in church. If, if these churches, these believers in Christ and these um, countries where it is absolutely illegal to be a Christian, if they are willing to die, if they are willing to be beaten, if they are willing to lose everything to meet to and assemble together to worship God together, then who are we to criticize those that are, that are desiring that to assemble together in a body, in a building? I mean, really think about that. They're willing to lose their lives in order to assemble together to worship God in a building. They understand that the church is not the building, but they also understand how important it is to come together and to meet together as one body. And they're willing to lose their lives for it. 
They're willing to go home and be beaten by their parents for it. They're willing to go home and, 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 and a member of their family do an honor killing for it. They're willing to die, to be beaten, to be thrown in jail, to lose their businesses in order to assemble together. That's something that we need to learn and we need to understand how important that is because you won't get that online. You won't get that sitting in your pajamas watching your church. You won't get that that way because if they're willing to do it, then who are we? to let go of our right to assemble in peace and assemble in church. God, help us. If you are listening tonight and you have allowed yourself to grow cold to where you are arguing with your fellow believers in Christ of whether or not they should assemble in church and this is, and Holy Spirit is gripping you right now, this would be a good time to repent this would be a good time to come before God and confess and yield to him and submit to him and get on fire again to admit that you've grown cold and complacent, that you are lukewarm and you are so close to losing your lampstand. How many churches in this moment in the decision that they have made are going to lose their lampstands? Read Revelation if you don't know what I'm talking about. And look at those churches. How many of them are us? And are, are close to losing our lampstand because we did not take Jesus seriously. And we did not take what he commanded us to do seriously. And we are in this moment where we can lose it all. But we lose it all for the wrong reasons. That we won't be able to endure to the end and be saved. We have to run the race. We have to finish the course. We have to keep the faith. We have to stand on what is right and what is true and what is pure and what is holy or we will grow lukewarm and we will be nothing at all but something that God vomits. We have to be on fire for revival. We have to awaken and arise do not allow yourself to be complacent, not even in this moment. Do not allow yourself to go to sleep because your church is online. Stir yourself awake. Stir yourself awake. Don't grow. Don't grow complacent. And if you have grown complacent, stir yourself back up. You have every opportunity in this time. God is being merciful to you. And he will give you, he will show you grace if you humble yourself before him. And stir yourself back up. Go back to your first love. When you were on fire, where you were willing to tell anyone and everyone who would listen about Jesus. Where you were willing to to do anything and everything that he wanted you to do. And you were not going to let go of it for nothing. Return to your first love, where there was a fire in you that was completely consuming you, where his word was consuming you. And it had to come out. 
because it was like fire in your bones. Return to your first love. And if you have never been in that position before, repent of your sins because this you still have time. Repent. Humble yourself before God. Repent of your sins. Put your faith and trust in Jesus and watch God do a work. Cry out to him and let God respond. Because that's, that's when there's change, when God responds. Not just if you say sorry, but when God responds to your humility and your repentance. And he gives you a new heart. A heart that's been softened to him, that can hear his voice, that can feel his presence. And he fills you with his spirit. And then ask him to fill you with his fire and with his love. And just be consumed by him and never let go. Because too often, believers in Christ, in the United States of America, in Great Britain, in other parts of Europe, other parts in the world, we've grown complacent. And I don't think we'd be able to handle it if suddenly our country decided to make it illegal to be Christians. Suddenly, certain counties and states made it illegal to assemble in church among your brethren. Or even to preach while you're in the parking lot. Think about this. It's not the time to grow complacent. It's not the time to wait until a better circumstance. Now is the time to make a change. Now is the time. It's not time to draw back. It's, try, it's time to press on. It's, try, it's time to let go of the fear of this, this virus. It's time, it's time to let go of it all. Put your faith in Christ. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in the word and the things that he has said. Healing is still for the body. He hasn't let go of that. It, it's not, it hasn't disappeared. Holy Spirit is here pouring out upon his people just as heavily as it was in the book of Acts. You can still have that. It didn't go away. And I don't care who said that it's gone away. It hasn't. Get to a place where you start asking for him. Ask him. Ask him. Find a spot somewhere in your house. Humble yourself, you know, and ask him. For more Holy Spirit. God, give me more. God, give me more. God, give me more. Holy Spirit, come and be right here and give me more. I want more. I want, I want more revelation of who God is. I want more of his love. I want more of his presence. And watch him do a work in you. And the very things that people... Um, People that call themselves pastors and ministers have said are gone and no longer on earth and no longer for believers in Christ. Watch it happen to you. And it's not of the devil. He's not trying to trick you. Because any everything that's good comes from the father of lights. Comes from the father above. The devil can't do anything good. Only The only thing the devil can do is, is, is a copy, uh, a bad copy of what is good and right and holy and true. He tries to replicate it, but it's always perverse. 
So don't, don't think that he's going to trick you with something that's pure and holy. It's not. It's all, his is always perverse. The devil's is always perverse. But I'm going to encourage you now and today to humble yourself and come back to your first love. Cry out for revival. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Cry out to him to revive you, to bring back your, your desire for him. Because now is the time to start preaching. Now is the time for souls. Now is the time for the harvest. Now is the time for laborers for the harvest. Send me, Lord. Use me, Lord. How often have we asked that and said that? God, give us revival. How often have we asked that? Now is the time for, for it. Revival in souls. That's my life. That's my vision. That's my motivation. And it was imparted to me from my pastors because God gave it to them. It's their life. It's their vision. It's their motivation. God-given. And now is the time for revivalists and soul winners to be one in the same. Because now is the time for the end time harvest. So decide what side you're going to be on. Because you can't be in the middle. Decide if you're either going to be in the world or you're going to be with Christ. Because you can't have both. Because there are people that are lost, that are afraid, that are confused, that are crying out for truth, that need to know what the truth is, that need laborers in the harvest. So you need to find out, you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling and figure out what side you're going to be on. There is a line in the sand. No longer are you to waver between two masters. Either serve Bell or serve God. And I know that's not my usual. Aubrey C.D. speaks ways, but I'm consumed. I've been consumed by his fire. I've lived night after night in his joy and in his presence. And I, I can't, I can't be anything but who I am. Who he's made me to be. I can't be anything but. And now is the time for me to tell you, don't be anything but who God made you to be. Be who he says you are, not what somebody on this earth says you are. Be who he says you are. Get back. Get back to your first love because he's the only thing that matters. He's the only one that matters. Everything else is dross. He is the only thing that matters. He, Jesus, is worth it all. He's worth it all. Let him take it all. Let him have it all. He's worth it all. Nothing else in your hands but him. He's worth it all. Nothing else in your head but him. Nothing else in your heart but him. He's worth it all. He deserves it all. Decide which side you're going to be on. And until next time, be blessed.